What's going on, Spurs Nation? It's been a heck of a week since we last spoke. Um, we're going to talk about a few things on this episode. Uh, we're going to take it back to, to the Memphis game, which I thought was was a very interesting, very telling game. Uh, we went on and played Portland a few times, right? So we're going to talk about those games. We're also going to talk about um, Manu being inducted uh, first ballot Hall of Famer to the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Um, and we're also going to look at the play-in standings. We're going to talk about what's going on with the, with the play-in. All right, so we're going to talk about that and a few more things. So let's get right into it. All right, so let's start it off with some Spurs basketball. The Spurs took on the Memphis Grizzlies, lost by one point, 112-111. No John Morant. They did have a healthy, semi-healthy Jaron Jackson on the floor. Dylan Brooks. Came out to play, came out to kill us, dropped 21 points, six rebounds, and four assists. Um, and I don't know why, but Tyus Jones, I mean, always seems to to flirt with his career high every time he plays us. I guess it's just because of the whole brotherly love thing between him and, and Trey. Um, Desmond Bain, 16. DeAnthony Melton, 16. Brandon Clark, 10. Right, so, uh, you know, Jaron Jackson only had nine, nine, five, and five, kind of a kind of a subpar game i think if you ask me with uh for jaron uh steven adams chipped in with eight points as well so i mean in terms of defense you know in that game let's let's start off this pod by talking basketball spurs basketball that was a very interesting game um for me because yes they had they had their superstar out and we were really trying to win that game and uh you know i was calling it from the last episode that you know that's a huge game we can it can continue our win streak, right, that we're already on. We're on a four-game win streak. Could have put it to seven. But ultimately, I mean, we're, we're still here um, after whooping Portland two times in a row, which we're going to talk about in a little while. Um, the Spurs went into that game to compete, and they did. And they gave Memphis everything that they could handle for a while. Um, Dylan Brooks, though, was was a monster. And he seems to have our number. He, I think he wants to be a Spurs killer in a way. Um you know that some of these other players have been in the past but in that game Keldon you know 23 points seven rebounds Devin Vassell 19 points uh DeJounte 33 and 13 uh for DeJounte a career high I believe uh Josh Richardson nine points Trey Jones eight points um Primo played 15 minutes didn't score uh Lonnie Walker played 14 minutes had six points um Trey Jones with eight points. So, you know, it was kind of Jakob nine, right? So, I mean, we, we, we played pretty well, I think, if you, if you, as far as as well as concerned. Um, and I think that's why we're in that game at the end. And, you know, the the at the end of the of the of the game, we had an opportunity to win. And I think that's kind of just where, where you hang your hat on right now. You're like, OK, so Keldon missed a layup you know attempt there at the at the end beautiful drawn up play i mean you got to go back and look at that that play i mean it was perfect they brought keldon all the way out and they were like going to run these real high <laughs> screen actions away from the basket and it's just like keldon slip slip towards the rim man just just a decoy and he was wide open and um lonnie's guy came over and 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 contested and there you go we missed the layup and and that's it that was our opportunity to win the game so easily we could have won the game you know i think for like your morale it it, just, it sucks only a little bit because you need that win um for this whole playing race that we're in but basketball wise i mean you played pretty well 
you played pretty well. You had an opportunity to win without John Morant. They're still a really good team without John Morant. That's 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 the part that you can feel good about is that they're not a scrub team. The Memphis Grizzlies can play basketball very, very well. Um, you know, so the Spurs played well. Now, as I mentioned in the past episode, we're 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 doing things well. You know, the Spurs are playing their best basketball right now. We're clicking. I think, you know, after the trade deadline, players have stepped up um, and the roles have kind of shifted a little bit for the players that are now gone, like Derek White and and uh, Drew Eubanks and, and Thaddeus Young. You know, there's more minutes to go around and more, um, more like solidifying of, of people's roles. You know, what I mean, Joshua Primo has been doing well in that abs in their absence. Um, but also also something you got to think about, too, is that Doug McDermott has been out. Doug McDermott has been out for a long time and will remain out for the rest of the season for with his ankle injury. Um, you're starting to see him there on the bench, though. So that's a good sign um, getting up and down. You know, so so you know, guys are guys are playing better. You know, but Doug McDermott not being there has also opened up a lot of minutes for for Devin Vassell and Joshua Primo to start, and uh, you know Trey Jones to get a little bit more ticks. So, you know, it's interesting. You know that this group of guys are are the ones that are playing very well together. Josh Richardson's been awesome. You know, I talked about that in the last episode too. Lonnie Walker's been great too. I I feel like we don't give him enough credit. Maybe I don't give him. Maybe you think I don't give him enough credit, but I, I honestly have given him plenty of credit throughout his whole um, time here with the Spurs. And and to give him more credit, I mean, he's playing great when he's on the floor. It's just keeping him on the floor is just something that that we need to work on. Um, but when he's in his zone, Lonnie's your X factor. It's like it's like it's like you can, you know, Lonnie's great, man. You know, like I said in, in the film room that I did earlier this season on Lonnie, it was just, you know, he's a big time shot maker, and you need guys like Lonnie on the floor. And so when he delivers, man, it's like you have you have a puncher's chance against anybody because Lonnie's going to be able to give you some big time buckets, right? But he's been playing well. Devin's been playing well in spurts. Devin Vassell's been playing well in spurts. Needs to kind of tune it up a little bit but i think it's all trending upwards you know like joshua primo's made some outstanding plays unbelievable athletic finishes at the rim he's hitting the three ball i mean you know primo's playing right now at at 18 or 19 no sorry 19 years old uh what he's doing is is extremely impressive man so high ceilings all around um dejounte's playing well like he has been all season uh zach collins is kind of coming alive a little bit um you know um Keldon has been a revelation uh Keldon has so much in his bag <laughs> I don't think any of us really saw that coming um but I mean the 23 points against Memphis kind of tying it back into the Memphis game was was awesome was awesome so the Spurs played well against Memphis all right anyways a uh, win streak and over at that point so now we're on a new one we got back-to-back wins against Portland. Uh, the first time we played them, we beat them 130-111. to The second time, we beat them 113-92. Um, poor Drew Eubanks, you know, that's what I want to first say. Um, Shout-out to Drew Eubanks for taking taking a beating uh, in your return to San Antonio post-trade deadline. Uh, feel sorry for you, bro. But, man, it looked like these guys were out for drew (laughs) like everyone wanted a piece of drew 
at the rim right so everyone was trying to make posters on drew eubanks which is a little a little i don't know man him and him and josh primo kind of got into it uh in this second game i don't know if you guys know what i'm talking about that are listening um primo was like boxing him out and drew eubanks was like pinning him down and um primo basically just shoved drew eubanks into the ground which was hilarious in a way um to see our rookie do that but um this is what's in front of us now right so that's that that's our those are our two wins I and mean, there's not really much to take away from these blazer games um besides that we took care of business and that's a good thing right uh, there's not really much to to pick up from like oh they played great and um you know oh the uh everyone's numbers i mean Dejounte didn't play in any of the any of the games i think Jakob only played in one so um you know that's without Dejounte murray tells you our group is pretty tough we have a pretty tough group that's what that should tell you we played well against memphis two games without our, our best players and we took those w's anyway so you know it's good things um for all that okay so when we get right back we're going to talk about what's coming up for the spurs this week and for the rem- remainder of this season all right, so, you know, ultimately, like I said, the Spurs are a good team. The Spurs are playing really good basketball right now. Um, and if you don't believe that, let me tell you, let, let me explain to you why. That's because they're not doing, I, I tweeted this out the other day, they're not doing what bad teams do. You, you look at teams like that are at the bottom of the list, uh, you know, bottom of the barrel this season, and you see a lot of you see the things that are wrong with those groups. You know, they fight too much. They're always bickering. They're always pointing the finger at each other. Um, they don't give effort. They're not spreading back on defense. They don't communicate. Everyone is out there just kind of doing their own thing, right? You're seeing a team in in, the, uh, in Los Angeles do that right now. Um, you know, so it's like there's a lot of obvious sights and traits that you can see in bad teams and when you, and and we've been saying this all year long is that when you look at the spurs you don't see any of those things i mean everyone plays hard everyone's trying their best to make um lem- lemonade out of these lemons that we got right and i think you know the the coaching staff was so weird i, I mean this the, the beginning of the season was so weird um pivoting off this demar Derozan year you know what i mean it had took us took us time to even make an, another couple moves and, and kind of clean up this roster it took us a while but i think now that we we've done that and the trade deadline is over has passed you know i think this team is kind of starting to get going a little bit again here so um but you know the spurs are are playing hard on defense that's never been in question you know they're they're coachable they they'll they'll do what the coach asks them to do even though it may in my opinion some of those decisions have been confusing to me to say the least um they do it they work on it and they they'll they'll do it hard you know what i mean and they're they we got the the record for pop this season i mean it's been okay you know it's been okay it hasn't been that terrible of a season we haven't we haven't been playing bad you know it's just that you know i think to win we have to do things a little bit differently we have to give Dejounte more pick and roll i mean like a lot more pick and roll touches down the floor we have to run more sets for 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 uh for Devin Vassell, you know what I mean? We got to get Jakob involved early. You know what I mean? It's like we just have to do some some things a little bit strategically purposeful in order for this group to win more games. You know, I just think it's been kind of like, hey, we're sharing the ball, blah, blah, blah. You know, everyone's going to get touches, but we're going to lose a lot of games because, you know, we don't have anything really consistently going on besides we're all getting better. 
you know, all the players are getting better on the team because they're all getting that opportunity. So everyone's getting better individually, but you know, st- systematically, we're, we're not really operating at our almost optimum way of playing. If that makes that makes any sense, um, you know. So the Spurs are not a bad team. You know, they they don't do these things. We 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 haven't been trying to lose any games. You know, um, we we were even flirting around with a with a top five pick at some point, and we were, we could have just been like, all right, you know what? We're shutting DJ down. Um, we're shutting this guy down. We're we're, we're done. And we're going to stay around the top four, top five pick. The Spurs did the opposite thing. They went on this road trip and totally got something good going, something positive going. And now they're playing great. Now they're playing great basketball. Um, you know, they've they've uh, only lost one out of their last seven games. You know what I mean? So they're they're six and one right now um, with their final four games coming up in front of them. And that's against the Denver Nuggets. Then against the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Golden State Warriors that will not have Steph Curry, and the Dallas Mavericks, who I think just beat the crap out of the Bucks the other day. So I mean, Dallas is the team that's that's fringing on championship expectations. I think right now, the past few weeks that they've been playing together, uh, they've beaten some really good teams. So you know, watch out for the Mavericks. Um, the Timberwolves are fighting in that play-in scenario with us. Um, they're they're in that seven-eight matchup. Um, Golden State again. I mean, hopefully, if we come out to play against Golden State, we can take care of business like we have before. Now this game coming up against the Nuggets, that's a, that's that's an that's an interesting game. You know, the Lakers, in my opinion, are just going to keep losing. I don't see them really with any motivation to get in this plan i think they're all looking at cancun and they're looking at puerto rico and they're looking at the bahamas and where we're gonna go boys we're we're off we're off in two weeks you know we're about to go on vacation i think that's what the veteran mindset looks like from from a bird's eye view of the lakers locker room that's what it looks like and lebron just can't fight it anymore lebron's like i'm not gonna bust myself into the ground for nothing I think that's what LeBron is doing. He's just like, you know what? Yeah, we're going to play. AD's coming back just because the, you know, the Lakers are probably like, hey, man, can we get you on the court a little bit, you know, for the fans, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I think they're they're, they're done. So anyway, so the Lakers are done. Um, and these, these nuggets uh, that we got coming up on Tuesday are a tough team. They're, let's take a look at the standings. They currently are in fifth right now a game in front of Utah for for that 6 seed so they're they're doing all right. I mean they're doing all right. The Timberwolves are 2 seed 2 games behind the Nuggets. So, you know, the the Timberwolves might be looking to that Timberwolf game is going to be interesting because they're looking to get themselves out of that 7th spot that they're in right now. They're still only a game or 2 games behind the the 5th seed. So in other words, the Timberwolves have an opportunity to maybe get in front of the Jazz and put Jazz in the play-in or get in front of Denver and put Denver in the play-in. So both of those teams, you know, are, are going to be tough games in terms of them trying to stay out of playing the play-in race. Okay, so the Spurs are 33 and 45. The Lakers are 31 and 47 um, as that gap continues to grow. Uh you know, the closer we get into the playing scenario, which we will end up having to go 
up against actually travel travel to Louisiana and play the Pelicans one more time. Now, I really wonder how that would go. You know, I think we're good enough to beat the Pelicans, obviously. I mean, we've you know, we 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 can take care of a business there, but they've also been a, they're a team that can just get hot. I mean, they got McCollum, Ingram, they got veterans on that squad. Valanciunas has been a spur killer in the past few years, so uh, Valanciunas always drops like thirty and twenty on us for some reason. So you know that's that's a tough game, but I mean it's not impossible. We can get past we can get past the Pelicans. Then you got at this point Timberwolves or the Clippers, right? So you know it's important that the Spurs are playing great ball right now because if they actually do want to do something in this play in, um, they're going to need to be playing good basketball, and uh, you know we'll see how that goes. All right, guys. So when we get right back. Let's talk a little bit about Manu. Not only is Manu Ginobili a top 75 player in the NBA, he is a first ballot Hall of Famer in the game of basketball. If you want to look at outside the NBA, this guy is one of the best players to ever play this game in the world. If you can pull yourself out of the NBA for a second, and 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 not just think about these players that have played in this league. You want to talk about FIBA basketball and European basketball and all that stuff to come from South America, Argentina, Buenos Aires, and end up being a MVP of 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 leagues and of European leagues, and to get your name mentioned and 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 blown up in a different country than where you're from, being one of the first to really do that. We're talking about the 90s guys you know late 90s he was doing this stuff to accomplish what he did for his national team of argentina in the olympic games to win four championships in the best league in the world now now we can talk about let's talk about the nba sure he has more wins than some franchises do in total Manu has awards on awards accolades on accolades to but to plainly to plainly put this Manu Ginobili is one of the best to ever do it um there's only a handful of guys that were the, that got to a level where the game became too easy for him and they ended up just you know creating new ways to play the game and Manu is one of those guys who reinvented this move and that move and this style of playing and playing like this and showcasing the the, the lethalness of a left-handed player. He showed the unorthodox. He showed the skill at the same time. In my eyes, I've always said this, that Manu is the top three shooting guard at, of all time. I mean, I'll say it right now. He's better than half of these guys that have ever even stepped foot on the floor in the NBA. Straight up. And if you want to, if if you don't, if you never saw him play, man, I feel sorry for you. Because it's like, yeah, everyone knows Tim Duncan was great, you know, and but was he really that, you know, exciting to watch? Where you just you missed it. If you if you didn't see this game, you missed it. No. Tim Duncan was going to give you the business no matter what you could, you did. But it wasn't that flashy. It wasn't nothing. And Manu, what he did, 
was amazing. He gave you amazing every single night that he was out there. He gave you 100% of his body, spirit, and passion and will every single night. See, and that's, that's, a, that's something that I've only seen in a few players with my own two eyes. Kobe, Jordan are the two shooting guards I would put in front of Manu, and then there's no one else. Because until Manu checked himself out of this game, there was not a single minute where he wasn't the best player on the floor, smartest player on the floor, most skilled on the floor. Manu had an IQ above and beyond 98% of basketball players will ever have in the NBA. His decision-making, his IQ, his understanding of the game is on an all-time level, his competitive juices to just get the ball, to die for the ball, to put his body on the line for the team, to score, to make you look silly, to hit that big shot. You want to talk about clutch shots all time? It's like, no offense, but guys like Dwayne Wade, James Harden, Damian Lillard were on this list, this so-called all-time great list. Are you kidding me? Not even close. Are they even close to touching what Manu did and what type of player Manu was? Because you can take the alkalides away, but you'll always hear the same thing, that he was one of the most baddest dudes to ever play this game. Kobe will talk about it. Look it up. When you, you, you can see it. There was never a game off. Never a game off. Never a playoff, never a moment off with Manu. And that's what greatness looks like. You know, we have this standard as a Spurs organization of what greatness is. And uh, Tim Duncan and David Robinson were a big part of that in setting those two foundational pillars. But when Tony and Manu got in the building, it continued. And, and we continue to see what it looked like. Um, we saw it in Tim Duncan night in, night out. We saw it in the character of David Robinson. And on the floor, you saw it with passion with Manu Ginobili. Never once did he leave it out on the bench. Ultimate teammate coming off the bench his whole career. Never, never to really be seen, ever. You'll never see that again. Someone who's good enough to start in this league, in their prime, come off the bench and create a dynasty. You, you'll rarely see it. You rarely see it. I bet you maybe not once or twice more in my lifetime. But he did that for the team. Won championships that way. Got over himself extremely quick. Let me tell you what. I saw a game, and I remember being a kid seeing this game and then going back to, like, if you can imagine what the internet was like in the early 2000s, um, yeah, but I found the video of Manu scoring 23, 23 straight points against the Atlanta Hawks. Not in, not in a quarter, not, not in a game. In a row, in a row, 23 straight points. Go look it up. Look it up. And then look at it. Look at look at everything else he's done. I mean, come on! Like this guy is is is, is amazing. Look at his at his FIBA game. 
his gold medal run, um, all that, all that, all that created the Euro step, you know, stylized it, made it popular in the NBA. Ask anyone who played against him. Paul Pierce came out the other day and talked about, gave a funny story of, of Manu and and how it was like trying to guard him. The best will tell you. Don't listen to all, all these other guys that are just talking heads on the show. Oh, yeah, Manu. What? No, Manu, no. L- listen to what the best say about Manu. And that'll tell you everything you need to know. Because, you know, most people may not have seen him play. And that's that makes me sad. Because it was amazing every single night. And Manu did it uh, with short hair, long hair, bald spot, no hair. He did it the whole time. Look at his highlights. You'll never see anyone else do some of the things that he did. And he did it night to night. It was a blessing. It was an honor. It was a privilege to watch him play, uh, be inspired by him when I played, when I was playing in high school and stuff like that inspired a lot of my game um as being a a fellow person uh walking this earth with a oversized nose inspired me there too right manu with manu's big old old honker right i was like cool yeah me too yeah so you know shut manu the, the love for manu runs deep i'm extremely biased but i would debate anyone who wanted to argue with me that he wasn't top three shooting guard of all time I mean, whichever argument you want to take, we'll do it. We'll do it. Anyways, Manu, congratulations on being all-time first ballad. He deserves it. Uh, very proud of him and his family and, and the type of person he was in the community of San Antonio. Uh, created a bond with the city he had never heard of. You know, I'm sure that's a story you hear all the time in sport, a story you hear all the time in sports. But uh, it was kind of uh, it was it was it was it was it was strangely perfect when Manu arrived in San Antonio, being from South America, Hispanic culture. Uh, I was telling my wife the other day, he's, he's he is the, the best Hispanic to ever play the game of basketball. Like, I don't there's no one else. You know, that's probably something that never gets said, but he is. He's not European. He's not like Dragish and, and, and Tony and, and all these guys from, from Europe. You know, these Spanish guys are pretty good. I mean, you can, I don't know if you, you want to put them up there with like the Gasol brothers. You know, they're pretty good. But, you know, I would like to say that Manu, you know, Manu has more rings, right? I mean, just, just, just whatever argument you want. Manu is the best Hispanic, in my opinion, to ever play this game. And as a fellow Hispanic, that means, like, you know, that's, that's, he's like on a statue. You know, that big statue in Brazil of, you know, Jesus? <laughs> they should put one of those in, in Argentina, man, for Manu, straight up. Him, Messi, they, they've had some great uh, players to ever do it, like all time greats. Messi and, and Ginobili are definitely back to back in their sports, in their, in their respective sports. Um, so anyways, shout out to Manu. It was an honor to have him in San Antonio and being able to watch him plenty of times. I saw him play in person plenty of times. It was awesome. And he's a top 
75 player easy like i said in my opinion he's he's top 25 top 20 all time um for sure you know so uh you know congratulations manu the spurs are now um still trying to get into this play-in and let's see how all that goes down even if we get in we still have to go up against new orleans so everyone that's that's freaking out about draft odds and draft positioning you know there's still a chance that you know we get in and just lose you know and finish with like a top 12 pick like we did last year which you know primo's pretty good Vassell's pretty good you know maybe we can package some things up move up higher in the draft don't panic if you're you know one of those the lottery pick boys you know out there um be be excited for the development that these guys are going to have opportunity the opportunity to develop that they're going to have by competing in this plan all right so go spurs go it's been a lot of fun uh we'll catch you guys on the next episode make sure to subscribe on youtube make sure to hit the subscribe button to this podcast uh, make sure to share this podcast rate it down below um check out everything we got going on on instagram and twitter uh, at spurs tube tv at rtj underscore spurs tube tv on twitter as well that's my personal account uh talking spurs and stuff um yeah you know been brainstorming a lot about this channel and what the youtube channel can be in the future and uh so excited just as excited about everything let's see what happens with the spurs this week big week in front of us go spurs go catch you guys on the next one por vida